All right, guys, welcome back to the Final Shot Podcast. It's episode number five. We had a, a giant fight card on the weekend, so there was only one person I could bring in to talk about it. And he's he, he doesn't like being called a journalist, but I'm going to call him a journalist today because he's the best fucking journalist we got in boxing right now. It's Manny Montreal. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. I'm a, I'm a renaissance man. I do a bit of everything, you know, <laughs> so that's what it is. What what is it that I, you call yourself? You had something I can't I can't remember what it was. I, I call myself a gonzo journalist That's or it. a hype hustler. I got different terms for it. You know, uh, my my real intention, my purpose for being in the boxing world is so that people know their fighters, fall in love with the story, and you know realize what kind of a beautiful scene we have here in Canada and how it could actually be even better. Yeah, and then obviously the 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 good things that boxing brings to everybody. Now, did you get into a fist fight? It looks like you got a black eye right now. No, dude, dude, I uh, got about three hours sleep. I had to take my dad to the hospital this morning for oh, his checkups shit. and stuff, and I worked last night, so just one of those days I knew was gonna suck. <laughs> well, we had the uh, the biggest fight card in Canada in a long time. That happened on the weekend. There were some amazing fights and there were some not so amazing fights. Hmm. Well, look, uh, we'll talk about the main event when you want. I'll, I'll just clear through the undercard. Uh, the only thing I got to say about the undercard is they should have inverted the order because the first two guys, the first three guys that opened up the show just fucking pounded the hell out of their guys and they're just beautiful fucking fighters. But, uh, they they went on with the night with the smaller weights, right? And there's nothing against the Gregorian fight. He's a fantastic fighter. It was a beautiful fight. I enjoyed it, but I happen to know that most of the crowd's going to the washroom and stuff. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? It's it's nothing against him. The lighter weights have that issue to deal with. And personally, maybe I would have opened the show with a couple of those guys, the local guy, and then, you know, uh, Gregorian. And then I would have moved on to Saradin. Saradin Akmendov. Uh, you, you got to check this kid out. Uh, it, I watched him. I, I think I... Man. Whew. He's trouble. <laughs> Go watch this kid's Instagram. Him messing around on the bag. He's, he's Lomachenko. He's Triple G early on. If, you know, if he... This is what it boils down to. If he wears a rubber all the time, stays away from bad neighborhoods, and saves his money, we are going to have a world champion, that kid. That's yeah. all he has to do. The rest is all there. He just has to stay away from, you know, catching something or, you know, paying child support, <laughs> not not catching a bullet, and, you know, he's pretty much going to be a guaranteed world champ. It's insane to say it because the kid's only on his third pro fight, but if you see what I see, you'll understand. Yeah. The other kid I want to mention, Arthur Ziadinov. He's my favorite. Fuck, this kid's so great. <laughs> this kid's so nice. Uh, this is what people don't realize. A year ago, this kid was living in Russia, didn't speak English or French. Okay, yeah. Had an okay amateur background. Not like some of these Kazakhs where they're showing up with 350 <clears throat> pro fights. Okay? He's 20. He's 20. He's wet behind the ears. <sighs> it's a year he's here. He's six fights in. He's 6-0, and oh, five KOs. And he speaks English and French. Yes. That's 
Listen, we've had this problem here in Montreal with other Arthurs from Russian descent, and I got to give it to this kid, you know. He understands fully well his opportunity ahead of him. You know, he wears the Habs jersey, puts his Russian hat on. It's all part of the deal. He knows to smile. He's no dummy. And it just, on top of that, he's a great kid, so... I, I watched that fight. I highly enjoy watching watching Arthur fight. The only knock I had on it is I wish he would pick a better time to switch his feet. Look, here's the thing. <laughs> He's still raw, and I think that fight proved it. Yeah. Nothing against him, but to give you an example, that was a light heavyweight fight. The guy he fought actually fought at super middleweight a couple fights ago against one of my uh, one Montrealer here, and the Montrealer put him out oh. at super middle. Now, this went the distance at light heavy. Now, like I said, it's nothing against Arthur. It has more to do with the fact this guy fought a guy two years ago that had 20 fights. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? And now here he is fighting a kid with six fights. So it's the, the progression of this guy's career is accurate. It's not, yeah. you know, it could, in my opinion, skill-wise, this guy was maybe a bit more than he was ready for. Like, this fight would have gone entirely different a year from now. Yes. You oh, feel yeah. me? Yeah, yeah. So it's just a question of that. You know, they're probing, they're testing the waters. They want to know what their guys have. Ida Tiger's big on that. They will test their fighters. They're not scared to do it. And uh, I think it's important when you got a roster as deep as theirs. I, I agree uh, with that. One quick mention, by the way, Nurzat Sabirov. They call him the wolf. Yeah. Here's the thing with these Kazakhs, okay? Quiet, polite unassuming yeah you know nice they they finish their sentences with sir even though i don't deserve it you know what i mean yeah like just really good kids and then you see them fight and they're so freaking violent nurzat's a killer go watch his fight go watch the the knockdown he is going for destruction that punch the entire punch in slow motion you just hear the word destruction <laughs> It's evil stuff. The kids just mean as hell in the ring. On the outside, they're super great guys. That's what's weird about it. Well, I remember you telling me about the Kazakhs before. And then as they're walking around, I'm like, who the fuck is this nerd? And then he just came out and obliterated. Like, they're nasty. Yeah, no, no, no. When it comes to when it, when it comes to getting down, they will get down. Yeah, I I enjoyed the Kazakhs. They're, they're fun to watch. Uh, the un the whole undercard was great, to be honest. It was one of the best undercards they've had in a while. All the fights were solid matchups. Yep, they're all tough fights. Um, your your boy Ulysses looked fantastic. Yes and no. Here's the thing: to a guy like me, that was perfection. Okay, can you imagine being his opponent? Okay, who was active the entire ten rounds, threw punches the entire ten rounds. And when I say this, I'm not saying this just because I'm a big fan, okay? But he didn't land anything. Nothing. In, in 10 rounds, elbows, gloves, you know, uh, over the shoulder, side of the neck, air, gloves, elbow, air, gloves, elbow, you know, rinse, repeat. <laughs> 10 rounds of that. I don't understand how this guy didn't just take his gloves off in the middle of the ring, kick him into the crowd, and leave. I, yeah, it would have been frustrating. Fuck, 10 rounds. He kept throwing punches. Go look at the punch stats. It's insane. He threw something like 800 or 900 punches. 
and his land percentage is like somewhere around 10%. And I personally think they were being, you know, generous with the guy. Yeah. And it's nothing to knock the guy because the guy's 25 and 0 with 20 KOs. You know, yeah. even though people were criticizing some of, his, some of his opponents, it was mostly back home in Venezuela and blah, 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 blah. Bottom line is this he still has 25 fights. Yep. Ulysses is on his 17th fight. You know what I mean? This guy's got a whole 10 fights more of knowledge. And Ulysses made him look like an amateur. It, it looked... The, the reason I was saying it was kind of bad is because the crowd doesn't always know what they're watching with Eve Ulysses. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's nothing against them, but they're not educated. You know, uh, it's what my problem was with the whole Claggett fight. I feel like if people were more educated, they would have, I wouldn't have been the only one, you know, burning down the village type thing. I, I was going insane, and I, the biggest part of that was because people didn't understand why I was. Yeah. Now, uh, like I said, he's not obviously a fan favorite for action, you know, if you're, you're just there for knockouts and you're a UFC fan and you know, monster trucks are your thing. But if finesse, yeah, beauty, perfect. skill... Yeah, this this is as close to Mayweather as Canada's ever come. This kid is that good, and uh, like I said, I wrote an article and some. I did some work on the Fight City and all my videos and stuff last week. I did a whole big thing on Eve Ulysses, and it's because I truly believe that even though in his weight class right now, uh, it's nothing but killers. I still think he becomes world champ, and that's you know it says a lot about Eve Ulysses. Plus, on top of that, I mean, he grabs the mic after the fight and calls out the crowd. I don't know if you got to watch his walkout, but he came out to Make Your Mama Proud by yeah. 2 Chains. Yeah. <laughs> and he made his mom walk out in his old ring attire. Now, <laughs> I love his mother. She is the type of woman that if she met you, okay, she'd invite you over to eat. Yeah. Okay, she's going to sit you down and cook you something to eat. She is... I hate to use the stereotype, right? But when you think of, you know, uh, any African-American movie where you see the stereotypical mama, yeah, right? She's the stereotypical mama. It's the craziest thing. She's the sweetest lady. She comes out wearing, he's got this whole gladiator outfit he used to wear. So he's, she's wearing the fur and the Ulysses shirt. And she comes out and the crowd doesn't even have any clue what to make of it. Here's this woman who's... I, I hate doing this because it's women, but I'm assuming over 40, somewhere around 50. Yeah. You know, <laughs> having no business in ring attire. And uh, she came out. It was it was a good laugh. And then the song hit. And then he walked out behind her and she walked him down to the ring. I really got some great shots, which I'm going to be working on after I'm done this interview with you just to finish up my shots. I got a really good shot of him kissing her before they walk into the ring. Oh, that's nice. Uh yeah, no, it's a it's a really sweet thing, and the kid understands what he's playing up to, and the crowd knows they're in for something different. Yeah, you get what I'm saying? All right, bud, let's get to it. Let's <laughs> rip the bandaid off. I don't want to rip it off quite yet because I got a couple interesting things to say about you, Lassies. Um, I go found ahead, go ahead. I found that fight very interesting, seeing as how he was outreached and uh, and outsized in the vertical department. Um, normally like when we see Ulysses fight, he's, he's very heavy on the footwork. He uses the yeah. ring and in this fight, he was aggressive and in the pocket and, and, and in their fighting. So it was really fun for, for me to be able to see him do a totally different style than I've seen him do in the last two fights. 
I'll tell you what it is. Uh, number one, this guy was he. This guy was known for switching. Yeah. So he could, ambidextrous. And then uh, you know his box rec says he's five eight, and yeah, box rec says Evulysses is five seven. There's no way. That guy's six no way one all day. Yeah, yeah. It was he was a good two heads taller than Evulysses, you yeah. know. And part of him working on the inside like that was because the dude's good with his reach. And yeah. if he pops off the one two, that's how he does his work. You know, he, he does all his work from the outside. So from round one to round ten, Evulysses just took everything away from him and yeah. played in the realm he wanted to play in. It was a great fight. It was actually my favorite fight of the night. If you love boxing, you'll love Evulysses. That's the bottom line. All right, Manny. You you want to rip the Band-Aid off now? <sighs> yeah. Simon Keane versus Adam Braidwood. Okay, we'll start with the positives. Yes. Okay? <laughs> that people forget to fucking look at when it comes to this shit. Adam Braidwood came out of nowhere. Yes. A year ago, okay, he was nobody. People were writing about him about his past, about his football. But no one talked about his boxing, okay? He wasn't known as a boxer. Mm-hmm. In a year's time, not only did he become a boxer, but he drummed up interest for the biggest heavyweight fight in Canadian history. Mm-hmm. I'd say in the last 15 years. Yes. And uh, it was well-deserved. It was well-deserved. Everything... You know, like, Adam never said he was going to outbox him. Adam never said he was going to, he's got more skill and he's more talented. No, Adam always said, throw a 45 in there and we'll see who comes out the winner. Yeah. I told everybody I didn't want to make picks for this fight because when you're dealing with two men of 250 pounds, six foot five plus each, okay, when we're in some fucking WWE realm here (laughs) where shit don't make sense anymore. Yeah. One punch will change everything, okay? There's no way that fight was going to decision. And whoever got their gun and pulled the trigger first was going to win. Adam didn't get to his gun first. That's all it boils down to. I still stick to my words that if Adam would have landed a clean shot, Simon Keane would have went down. Yes. Now that we got all that out of the way, here's the thing. Simon Keane... Finally got to show that he's a good boxer. He showed that he can fight. The guy that Simon Keane fought before Adam was a better boxer than Adam. Mm -hmm. Skill-wise, experience-wise, better boxer than Adam. Yep. Okay, maybe not physically fucking in shape. Because the guy walked in like King Hippo. But his knowledge and his... IQ was way up there. And Simo had a tough time with him. Yes. You know what I mean? So I there was a there wasn't a lot for us to go on previous to this fight. Adam served a very important purpose here. Number 1. He legitimized Simon King. Mm-hmm. Before this fight, I don't care what anyone says, even though Adam was a football player, Adam's the reason why Simon Keane is now a legitimate heavyweight. Not King Hippo, not all the other guys before, Adam. Adam's the one that did it. And part of that was because Simon had no choice but to take this dead serious. 
No I don't, choice. Uh, if you look at the way he fought the fight, that's exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. And I commend him on it. Fucking jab on the kid. The jab that he pulled out in that fight, that was some world championship quality jabbing. He did a fantastic job. He stuck to his game plan. He didn't get into his feelings. You know, he didn't get nervous. I really, really thought he was going to, you know, try and bum rush Adam and, and get clipped. That was my first thought. But uh, he did the complete opposite. He stayed composed. He stayed behind the jab. He Lennox Lewis, Mike Tyson, for yep. all intensive purposes. And uh, it was the right fucking game plan against Adam. The absolute right game plan. It makes me wonder where was this guy for the last 10 jabronis, let's say. But, uh, you know, nonetheless, people are talking in a favorable light now about Simon Keen, and that is due to Adam Braywood. Yeah, I've been on a lot of Adam Braywood fights live. Uh, I'm very close with Adam, and he's probably going to get fucking mad at me for saying this. But Adam came out flat. There, yeah. were, there, that it, it was a lot different than the guy that I've seen the last five times. Yeah. Well, that that being said, like the same stuff I said to about Simon applies to Adam. You know, yeah. it was a big, big moment. He had to take it seriously. He had a lot riding on this. That being said, I feel like he had a lot less to lose. And that should have maybe have been uh, reinforced more with Adam. You know what I mean? Just like reassurances that the future will be fine no matter the outcome. And here's the worst part, right? Here we are on the other side of a knockout loss. And I can confidently say everything's going to be fine. Oh, yeah. You know, my biggest fear was that somebody would get really hurt in this like i said before when you're talking about 250 pounds a piece there's 500 pounds plus in the ring and you know it gets dangerous adam knows far too well that it could be a very dangerous uh thing so you know in retrospect i'm happy that it ended the way it did and that adam's okay and uh that being said i think you know i've already made some phone calls i told adam myself I uh, I have friends at TMT. Mm-hmm. I have a couple friends in Florida at the Heavyweight Factory, which is where Shannon Briggs the and cannon. Big Baby Miller train. That's yeah. right. I think the Cannon would be an, an amazing addition to Adam Braywood's team. Could you imagine? Well, he's promoting now. He's doing that whole KSI versus Logan Paul fight. That's him. Oh. That's his promotion. Mm-hmm. So the point is, I have friends at the Heavyweight Factory, and they're aware of Adam's existence. And uh, last but not least, I've also been bothering the MTK guys and Tyson Fury. Yeah. Tyson's looking for some bodies. He's getting back in the ring in August, and I know there's paid sparring going on. So, And England being one of those countries Adam can actually go to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know... I'm really hoping something like that pans out for him. I really think that's all he needs. He needs six months to a year's worth of serious work. Not that he wasn't doing serious work before, but it requires a budget and it requires uh, a little more than what he had before. Uh, I know he made a bit of money off of this, but paid sparring would definitely make things a lot easier. Yeah. And would would give him an opportunity to learn, you know, off some greats. 
So uh, I'm working hard, but I'm gonna I'm gonna push I'm gonna push Adam on pretty much every heavyweight that has a camp going on for the foreseeable future because I really do think you know, and I don't want to take anything. I'm I'm not talking about him changing up coaches. I don't want him to get rid of uh, Lestage. I find uh, he's actually the right temperament personality yeah. to be with Adam, which beyond everything is the most important thing. Yeah. You know, the, the guys have to get along. And then on top of having to get along, they have to fit each other. Their, their personalities. You need to be able to take an eight-hour drive with your coach and not want to kill him. That's yeah. what it boils down to. Just future tip for any fighters watching this out there. And I think Rick Lestage is the perfect fit for Adam. I think for when Adam is at home and doing his regular day-to-day, he is the perfect guy. I'm simply saying that maybe a small camp elsewhere with Rick, if Rick can go with him, you know what I mean, would be just the ideal thing. A few tweaks, work on Adam's jab. You know, there's little things I didn't realize before this matchup that I clearly see now that I didn't see before. You know, unlike you, I didn't get to see Adam fight live as much, Mm -hmm. you know. He's got little T-Rex arms compared to Simon, you know? Simon's got that long-ass reach. So there's little things with, like, hip movement and head movement that Adam could have, you know, Mike Tyson and got underneath there and, you know, maybe slipped in. And there's there's things that I would purposely make Adam do for Adam's body type and mm-hmm. attributes. You know, there's things I feel like there could be accentuated and emphasized on. And once those things would reach there, Adam still has a shot. In my opinion, two fights, a year's worth of work, Simon being a little stale, not finding work, let's say, right? A year, year and a half from now, this could happen again. I would love to see it happen one more time. You want me to tell you what you guys need to do? Yes. Your end from the West Coast for the fans out there? Yeah. Ida Tiger is not scared of coming there. No. Okay. Yeah. They are actually looking to expand by doing more shows with their partners, like Lee Baxter in Ontario, like Mel out your way. You know, so maybe something out in Alberta or Vancouver with a co promotion with KO could be very possible a year, a year and a half from now. If you guys are providing the venue, you feel me? Yeah. You guys are providing the venue and you guys are providing the fans, it might be a little easier to get Simon to get back into that ring. Oh, I'd love to see Simon out here. That'd be so fun. Uh, listen, you guys would be in for a treat. If the entire Eye of the Tiger team were to show up down there and, and do work, yeah. you guys would be treated to some high-level boxing shows. So, uh, you know, on your end, guys, harass... I had a tiger on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, tell them you guys want them out west and you want them to do a co-promotion with Mel Ludovac. I, I hope I said her name right. Lubavac. Uh, yeah. Lubavac. Uh, with KO Boxing. You know, harass them both. Harass Mel. Uh, you know, this is the only way we will get Adam back to where he belongs, which is clearly with a belt around his waist and his hands raised. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know... An eventual showdown with Simon is going to be on the books for Adam no matter what. However, on Simon's list of things, I'm pretty sure if he could avoid 
putting yes. Adam back on his list, he's going to want to. And like, and here's the best part. I really like, I don't know if you guys uh, follow Simon, and I guess he did it in French, so even if you did, most of you wouldn't understand, but I really liked his messages afterwards. Like, it's all done now. I really appreciate it. He only posted the video of the knockout twice. And and on the last time, he was like, I swear this is the last time. It's just, it was such a really great feeling. You know, he thanks Adam for all his hard work, for having the balls to climb in the ring, for backing up everything Adam said. Yeah. You know, that's what people need to, you know, people emphasize on the losing so much sometimes. And they don't realize that in boxing, you know, there are real losses. They exist. But there is something to be said about, uh, you know, losses that don't exist i know that sounds funny but you know there's plenty of fighters i know out there right now that are doing big things that have losses on their career yeah uh my friend shaquille finn is going to be fighting in new zealand just announced today in july yeah i gotta by the way please hit up my patreon (laughs) (laughs) or my paypal i have no idea how the fuck i'll pull off new zealand but all jokes aside that's like a secret love of mine i i almost wish i was samoan you almost uh, look samoan dude there's a part of me inside of me that stirs every time i hear the 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 samoans out there do the haka and all yeah. that stuff you know i i don't know what it is it gets at me you know what i mean like i feel like i want to go to war so i i find it's a really cool place and some really cool people and uh shaq's gonna be going there and to get back to what i was saying shaq's got a loss shaq's got two losses now yeah you know and um, if you look at his losses, his first loss was, I think, his second or third fight in his career. It was a four-rounder. It went to the decision. He just didn't he didn't close it on the guy, you know, so he left it open. And his second loss, to be honest, uh, like three weeks before the fight, he decided to become vegan, which annoyed me a little bit. I have no problem with vegans, people. But if you're going to fucking switch to vegan and you got fights coming up, give yourself at least three months for your body to adjust. You're making some major fucking changes to your body. Yeah. And when Shaq stepped in the ring, even the fight after that, which he won, I still found he didn't have all his pop back. Wasn't until the very last fight where I started seeing, you know, old Shaq back. So, you know, you could say I'm making excuses, but the truth is, you know, these are losses he came back from, he worked harder, he improved, and now he's got another shot. And the same can happen to Adam. Well, that's a good especially, fight. Especially in the heavyweight division. Oh, There's yeah. so many names out there. There's so many openings. A guy that can talk, that looks the part, that can actually put in some rounds, will get work. Yeah. Um, with you being in Montreal and with all the stuff that was going on, these live uh, live workouts, the press conference, I believe you were at almost all of them, right? I tried doing everything. There was some stuff in Shawinigan like the day before a press conference. I was like, no. I didn't do the weigh-ins because they were going live. Yeah. And here's the thing. I got to thank my fans while I'm out on here, whoever ends up, you know, any of my fans that watch this. But basically, they paid for the trip, but... Uh, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 30 bucks at a time, you know, through my PayPal and through my Patreon guys sent me money knowing I wasn't going to have enough to go there. And basically they paid my gas. I got to borrow a car because I wasn't going to take mine. And, uh, 
I drove up and I drove back the same night. It was it was easy to do. It wasn't that bad actually. I thought you know it was going to be worse, but it was pretty easy to do. Uh, I got lucky, man. I got I got some crazy fans. So, did you get to interact with Simon a little bit at, at any of these things? Nope. No. Hey. So I got one picture with him. That was right? hilarious. And that is the that is the most we've ever talked. Really? Ever. I don't know if it's because I'm an Anglo or because he's just standoffish or maybe because I'm not, you know, big enough as press. I, I really don't know. Hmm. It's possible. It's very possible. You know, like he's already got RDS and, and TSN and, you know, the news stations talking to him. He could give a fuck about me. And like I said, I'm an Anglo. Most of his crowd is French. So. Uh, we just never really sat down and had a big conversation. I think it'll come. I'm not sweating it. You know, I think eventually he's going to realize he needs me. <laughs> he 100% does. So I sent, uh, I sent Simon a message after the fight. Cause, uh, I don't know if people know quite how heavily I'm involved with the social media stuff that goes on, but my fingers and my hands are very dirty. And, oh uh, yeah, <laughs> dude, I am too. I am too. I fully admit I fed Adam Braywood a bunch of uh, Photoshop pictures. Not all of them. Not all of them are my work. Some of them were very, very funny, and they weren't mine. <laughs> but some of the other funny ones were mine. And you know what it boiled down to? It's here's the best part. Simon and Adam both understood. Yeah. Uh, as maybe Simon blocked you. I don't think Simon himself actually blocked you. Oh no, I don't. No, I don't think he runs this stuff. Oh, okay. So maybe it wasn't Simon that sent me a message that said I'm dead. <laughs> I, fuck. Yeah, I I don't think so. I think I know who it is. He's a nice guy and everything, but he's the guy that they like put the phone in the hand of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, here, you know, like. I'm sure at all the other times, it's just when Simon's busy at work type thing. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure the week of the fight, they hand over his phone, basically, is what yeah. happens. And, uh, yeah, I didn't know that. But, uh, listen, if I ever get to talk to him, I I will not only get him to unblock you, but I'll get him to come on your show. That'd be awesome. I'd love to talk to him. All right. I, I sent him a message. I just basically said, hey, excellent fight. Congratulations. No hard feelings. P.S. Unblock me. <laughs> Listen, I, I think once somebody explains to him that it was all part of the game, yeah, you know, he'll be fine with it. I I just think that you're probably one of thousands of people that sent them messages. Oh, probably, guaranteed. Oh yes, yes. And uh, so when that happens, and I've been bombarded with hate before, so I yeah. understand. Where, you know, you just delete, 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 block, 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 delete, delete, delete. Uh, so maybe you just got caught up in the whirlwind of everyone else. You know what I mean? You got lumped in with a bunch. But like I said, let's see what I can do. It doesn't it, it doesn't hurt my feelings in the least. I actually get a kick out of it. I think it's funny. But uh, being Tell you in... what, if I get him to unblock you, get Steve Claggett to unblock me. Done. I can do that. I got no hate for a guy. I really, really don't. I think he's a great boxer. I'm trying to fucking make him fight Metsu Germain next. Ooh, that's a good fight. I like that. That's a fantastic fight. 
little G time. Yeah, I like G time. I think it's a solid fight. I right now there's some talk that everyone keeps trying to push G time versus Ulysses, right? And personally, I don't want that to happen because I don't see the point. Like we have two shots here. Let's not ruin it. You know yeah. what I mean? They're both different but similar. You know what I mean? So that being said, a Claget fight could either put the fire out of a G time Ulysses matchup or actually, you know, fire it up. It. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if I were them, I would strongly consider it. And I think it'd be a great fight for Claget. I don't know what the hell he's doing now, you know, since that O'Connor fight, but, you know, I'm hoping he fights again. I I want him back in the mix. I think he I think he fought an excellent fight against Evulysses. I think he clearly fought the best fight against Evulysses anyone's ever fought. Yes. You know, it's just it's my contention he lost. And on points, not he lost and he looked stupid or he made a bunch of mistakes. He lost on points. That's the way I saw it. Well, hey, Steve Claggett versus G-Time or a rematch with Ulysses or anything like that, selling tickets. No rematch with Ulysses. It won't happen, but it sells tickets. It, no rematch with Ulysses, and I'll tell you why. And I told Ulysses... And like, don't ever rematch this guy. You know, he needs to have something in order for you to rematch him. Had he beat Danny O'Connor. That's different, yeah. Then it would have been different. But now, you know, I treat it like he beat Steve. And Ulysses treats it like he beat Steve, too. You know, even though the record says otherwise. Yeah, no, he's, I've, I've cemented that in his mind. You know, he doesn't look at that as a loss. Hmm. So, you know, he doesn't feel like he needs Claggett or, you know, would have any reason to fight him. Like I said, a matchup with G-Time, though, would get him back into that spot. Personally, uh, here, I'll give you another breaking rumor that's not out there fully entirely yet. Eve Ulysses, September 16th on the undercard of Triple G Canelo 2. Oh, nice. Vegas, baby. The kid's going to be on the big show. I like that. Yeah, I just don't know against who yet. There is talks. I'm hearing a Mexican opponent. Now, if you do your homework, that only leaves one guy. But that guy's had some issues making weight, so I don't know if they're going to pull that off. Personally, I've been messaging Daniel O'Connor and his team, uh, Dropkick Murphys, to to try and like squeeze yourself in there like fuck it man go bring your belt over there you know like the 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 guy that i'm talking about the mexicans uh ramirez and there's talks of him fighting someone else so Hmm. like i said it'd be really cool for ulysses to get a belt but ramirez would be an even bigger win name wise yeah 100 percent um the the g time the g time stuff with steve clagg it's interesting because uh g time fought cam o'connell who is Steve Claggett's sparring partner? Okay, so there's I didn't know. there's a there's a common thing there, and uh, I, I'd love to see that fight. Listen, it's I'll watch Steve Claggett fight anyone. Yeah, he's fun. He's fun. He puts down pretty work. It's as close to Eve Ulysses as I've ever seen. That is a hundred percent fact. Yeah, it goes to the body. It's old school. He's smart. He's technical. 
It's pretty. And he's got balls. He'll take a shot. <laughs> he doesn't back He'll down, does shot. he? <laughs> no. Bless him. Yeah. You know, like, I know he's blocked me and everything, but seriously, bless him. Like, uh, it's just, you know, here's the thing. What people don't realize, as much as I love Eve Ulysses, okay, if I thought Eve Ulysses lost that fight, I would have done the, and, and he would have won it, I would have done the complete opposite for uh, Claggett. Well, okay. That's something to say. Well, fuck. It's true, though. Because it's not, it's not about Ulysses. I wasn't, a, I didn't have a hard on for Ulysses before this. You know what I mean? It was just, I was a big fan of Ulysses. I was a big fan of Claggett. I knew this was going to be a fucking crazy matchup. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then when it came down, it just didn't make sense to me. When I heard the results, I was like, what? You know what I mean? And that rarely happens to me. It might happen to other people, but it doesn't happen to me. You get what I'm saying? So that's that's what that's what what gave birth to it. You know what I mean? So if it would have been the other, the shoe would have been on the other foot, and I thought Claggett would have won, and I would have been like, "Fuck, Ulysses lost." And they read the scorecards, and Ulysses won. I would have been like, Ooh, "Hometown cooking." <laughs> I would I would have talked about it. Trust me, you know. And Claggett would love me today. Oh, but yeah, they didn't work out that way though. <laughs> Yeah, that's what it is. You know what I mean? I have my opinions and I stick to them. Hey, I'll tell you right now, if that fight didn't happen, we wouldn't be sitting here right now either, probably. Yeah, there's a good chance because, well, look, I'll, uh, here's a little secret. During that fight, I actually I actually left the venue, right? Oh. Yeah, I watched the fight from my cell phone outside the building in a park next door to the, to the building. What the fuck were you doing? And here's the worst part, okay? It that fight was actually happening in the gay village for some reason. Yeah. So, so I was in a very strange park, but I had to watch the fight. So and I was getting free Wi-Fi, so I sat down and watched it. What happened is, is I was running around doing my stereotypical Manny stuff, right? And there's another photographer, video guy who's around, who's not a necessarily. He's, he's just a crab ass with everyone. It's nothing personal. I know it's not personal because the guy's just an asshole. Yeah. And uh, he just didn't like the fact that I was getting the same angle as him. So he bitched to the commission and he said to the commission, I have special permission to be here. He's either supposed to be over there or over there. Why is this guy going around everywhere? The commission don't care. The commission likes me. Yeah. Okay. I, i not supposed to go backstage, right? I'm in Adam Braywood's locker room after the fight. <laughs> okay? I got one of these from the commission guy. Hey, hey, hey! Oh, it's you. Fuck it. Yeah, they don't give a shit. And they let me go. Yeah. But if you complain to them, they're the type of old guys where it's like they don't want to hear anything. And they know that if they don't resolve this right now this loser's just gonna bitch all night and they don't want to hear it so they're like listen can you do me a favor can you either sit down or or sit ringside but you can't you can't be floating around i looked at the guy i was like listen all i do is float around yeah i can't stand still it'll drive me nuts um he's like well i can't make you i can't let you i'm like it's cool i'll leave and i made a point you know i packed my bag like the your Claggett's fight's about to start. I'm packing my bag. I'm walking out of the building. Fuck. Yeah, a lot of that has to do 
See, this is a lesson for people that are watching this, okay? So my initial reaction was, fuck everything. I'm going home. I was mad. I was upset. But, you know, I stayed true to myself. I wanted to watch the fight. So I sat down in the park next door and I, you know, stealing the Wi-Fi from indoors because I still had my press Wi-Fi. <laughs> uh, I got to watch the fight live on my phone. And... Uh, I went home and I decided to put in work to prove that Ulysses hadn't lost that fight. And all the work I did, and the fact that instead of giving up, I doubled down, so to speak. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was originally just going to put up some pictures. <laughs> you know what I mean? But now you guys did this. You know what I mean? So I put out videos. That I don't know how many fucking views I got. It went insane. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get hating me online. I ha I actually had people starting to agree with me and realizing I was right, you know what I mean? To the point where I believe a big reason uh, Ulysses got his HBO fight against, um, fucking blanking on his name, the hammer, the Hebrew hammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, was because of my videos. I got to meet the head of HBO that night and... Uh, Camilla Stefan introduced me as the guy that made the Ulysses video. Oh, <laughs> Understand? So they used that video. They showed them that video, and they were like, "Come on, this guy didn't lose. Look at this." Yeah. And it was, you know, like I did a little slow motion breakdown on how some punches didn't land, obviously, right? Yeah. So it just goes to show to everybody, even though I was getting fucked with and I got kicked out of the building and I felt like giving up on this fucking dream of mine. My gut reaction was to watch the fight, and then my immediate gut reaction afterwards was that he got robbed and that I had to do something about it. Yeah. And instead of giving up on the whole scenario, I doubled down. And, I mean, I don't even have to apply for Ida Tiger press passes anymore. I don't want to make it sound like I'm the greatest or anything. It's just because I'm a forgetful son of a bitch and I'm... Like, for example, they got a casino show going down this Saturday. I've been so busy with everything else. I literally told the girl on Saturday at the fights, I was like, I'm really, really sorry, but can I apply for my pass for next Saturday? You know, you're supposed to do this two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. She's like, yeah, don't worry about it, Manny. You know <laughs> what I mean? I, I know they've made a seat for me. Like, you know, so there's little things that came out of that. It just goes to show you, you know, stick to your, convi your convictions. And go with your gut. Hey, at, le at least they're saving a seat for you. Because when I show up to shows that I'm supposed to do press, the commission fucks with me constantly. Like, they know where I They already have my seat set aside. But every time, 10 minutes before the fight car, like, yeah, you can't be in here. I'm like, F are you serious? Stop messing with me. Cause and then I, go I have to go get Mel. And then Mel goes over and the commission's like, yeah, we're just fucking with him. We like to see him get pissed. I'm six feet tall, 220 pounds. You're 86 years old. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'll say this. I don't think you'd have that problem here. No. Right? And, uh, you know, a, a, a little advice from my part, right? Go at them for it. Oh, yeah. Go at them for it. I, I, think, I think if you start talking about the commission regularly on your show... You know, maybe just maybe they're going to start, you know. Maybe we'll be nice to this guy from now on. Listen, there's, 
you can get more with honey than you can with shit. Okay, 100%. I don't. So you know, you, I, part of the reason I'm good with these commission guys is because I actually know some of them boxed. You know, oh, I can walk up to them and be like, "Hey, uh, I was looking at your box rack, fucker. You fought uh, so and so. That was pretty cool." You know, and just get a little nostalgia with these older guys. You're good. Uh, most of these older guys are actual boxing fans. So oh, there yeah. is common ground to talk. You know what I mean? And uh, obviously, you know, just chit-chat, dude. Just chit-chat. That's my suggestion to you. Get to know these guys because <laughs> in the end, they're just grumpy old men. It's exactly what they are. Yeah. Well, uh, great last movie, by the way. Yeah, great la- movie. <laughs> it is a great movie. All of them. <laughs> uh, last week I was talking to uh, Scotty the Bulldog Olson. You you know who he is? Uh, re- remind me. So Scotty Olson, that- he was in the uh, representing Canada in the Olympics in 1988. Yes, 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 yes. So I know who he is. Very cool guy. He had some some very interesting stories, but the one thing that I picked up. Was that the, we have some of these legends in the in Canadian combat sports like Ken Lacusta, Scotty Olson, and, and the list can go on and on and on, but somehow people tend to forget, and I don't like that. Listen, I I've been saying right, Canada needs its own roots of fighting. Yes, right, just for like some old school guys. Look, if you're from Canada and you're in from you're into boxing, there's some names you need to know. Yes. You need to know. It's there's names you can obviously, you know, time will pass and we'll forget. But like people don't know who Sam Langford is. Historically speaking, you know, there's Ali, Jack Johnson, and I'd say Sam Langford. If if you want to talk about the trinity of the birth of the heavyweights and the boxing in in North America, mm-hmm. Sam Langford, a guy from Nova Scotia, is quite possibly the greatest heavyweight of all time, mm-hmm. all time. And we will never know because, you know, they he wasn't like Jack Johnson. Uh, he wasn't lucky enough to fight white boys. But uh, as far as black boys go and Jack Johnson, including Sam Langford, was the baddest motherfucker on the planet. Yeah. And, you know, he's from Nova Scotia. Then you go to New Brunswick, you got Yvonne Durrell, the fighting fisherman. Okay? Some of the baddest, hardest, old school fights. You want to see some fucking mean shit? Go look at Yvonne Durrell. But he doesn't get any love. I think a fighting fisherman shirt would sell like hotcakes. People just need <laughs> people just need to be refreshed. You get yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. We have a legitimate historical cultural icon in Sam Langford. Okay, I'm gonna say it once, and I'm not gonna repeat it. He's got a really shitty nickname. Okay, the Boston Tar Baby. So there's several reasons why that's wrong. I don't you know, know if you a, he's not that. from Boston. <laughs> well, it, it's on Box Rec. You know what I mean? So you can Wikipedia it. There's books about him, and there's an actual book title by that by that same sentence. I don't want to repeat it. No, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, he's got other some other really cool nicknames they can work with. You get what I'm saying? I'm not saying they got a whitewashed history and, and make everything seem rosy and like his life was great. Because part of the beauty of his story is how, t- how tough his life was. Yes. You know what I mean? 
people need to accentuate that. We need we need a little emphasis on that. I'm a little sad because fuck man, our prime minister, as much of a dork as he is, is at least a boxing fan. You know what I mean? There's how the fuck is Trump pardoning people? Like there should be an arena built for Sam Langford, a statue somewhere, something. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. There's it's this is why people don't know these names. Nobody talks no. about it. No man, we no one we've had guys with fight against the biggest guys in boxing. Okay? You name the era. Okay? Canada's been a part of it. Yeah. You name the era. Canada's been a part of it. That's the absolute truth. The seventies, the sixties, the eighties, the nineties, we've always taken part. And it's gonna happen again real soon. Whether it's Simon or Adam, somebody's doing it. Well, not just heavyweights, man. Like I said, you know, we got Castile Clayton, Eve Ulysses. Uh, Bazinian, yeah. my man Shaquille Finn about to go to New Zealand. You know, there's, there's an, all these Kazakhs, you know, like five years, <laughs> five years from now, five years from now, it's going to be real interesting. Well, we, we, we forgot to mention our adopted son from Florida, Dario Bredesian. Uh, well, here's the thing, right? I still strongly feel we're going to lose him. Think so? Yeah. No. He's from the States, and he's a good-looking <laughs> kid, and he doesn't get hit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, fuck, I just know the offer's going to come in. You know what I mean? It's going to come in. It's going to be a main event or a golden boy or uh, a showtime, but eventually he's, he's, he's going to break through. What's great about him is that I truly do feel that no matter what happens, he will keep love for us. Yes. And uh, I truly do think he'll keep coming back here, no matter what happens. But like I said, that kid, yeah, him and his brother. His brother just announced the fight as well. He'll be fighting on the Pascal Basse undercard. Just put that out there, July 28th in Laval. Uh, you know, for those of you that like knockouts and that like grittier fights, Bruno's your man. <laughs> Bruno's dope, man. He. <laughs> He bangs, he bangs people out. But I'll tell you, Manny, what I'm secretly hoping for is uh, Dario has himself a, a hot little French-Canadian girlfriend now. So I'm hoping that he can sneak one by the goalie and then we lock him down here in Canada. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Dario, I have no part in this. I did not <laughs> wish that on. What's wrong with you? Oh, jeez. Oh, no, 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 no. Maybe later on. Maybe later on. Sure. Yeah. Not right now. Not right now. I'm not a big fan of this. There's a couple fighters out here, young fighters that just had kids or are having kids. And I love these guys, right? And I know them well. And they're young, right? It's nothing. Some people are ready at 20, okay? Yeah. When you're trying to become world champion, yeah, no. you, got a lot on, you got a lot on your plate. Okay, and a crying baby and a wife that's going insane. You know, it, it can be a lot. I've seen people go through the hardships of baby. You know what I mean? I've been there. Yeah. So that being said, I don't wish that on Dario just yet. You know, how about how about how about let's let's hope she makes it a couple years and then we can talk about it. Okay. Okay, well, let's let's all remember Dario is a very good looking guy. 
I'm scared a Canadian promotion won't have enough to hold them down here. The same thing could be said about women. Uh, you know, a couple years from now, I don't know who the major pop star is going to be, but, you know. Might see expect- Dario with her. You're going to see Dario on TMZ. At this some point, 100%. You're going to see him on TMZ. Or World Star. It's going to be like Miley Cyrus peeling out from Dario Berdishan's driveway at 6 a.m. <laughs> some weird stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's something weird so, will happen. Uh, he's yeah, got a so personality, I- too. That's why I like to keep him here in Canada. He's a, he's a great personality for boxing. And technically, he's unsigned. For all intents and purposes, he he is unsigned. But here's the thing, right? If you followed his career, he's fought in Germany. Yeah. And, you know, maybe there's a Manny, you know, uh, uh, a Manny uh, uh, Germany out there who misses Dario and was hoping Dario wouldn't leave Germany. Maybe. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So, yeah. He's got a really good team behind him, and even though he's unsigned, it's not like he can't find work or get on shows. Oh, it'd be easy for him. Yeah, so for, you know, like when we say unsigned, there's guys that are unsigned. That usually means they're they're in for a bit of a tough time getting fights, but yeah. uh, it's not the case for Dario. No. Um, we can wrap this thing up, but fan, uh, Manny, I did get a fan question for you, actually. Whoa. And surprise, surprise. the fan wants to know, why do you have so much fucking hair all over the place? <laughs> okay, well, uh, this actually fits into... I actually been receiving... I got a, a couple messages on Instagram, people telling me to cut my hair and shave my beard and stuff. Here's the thing, okay? Once upon a time, I'm 38 years old. I know some people are surprised by that, and some people aren't, but whatever. I'm 38 years old. I've had a very interesting life. There will be a book one day. But um, I didn't always do this. And, uh, you know, I once chased the dollar more than anything else. You know, so I had money. I used to, I used to get, uh, used to cost me $45 twice a week for a haircut and a shave. Wow. Twice a week, I would go in and get a shave. I used to go get massages every week. I used to uh, box six times a week, and then I had a personal trainer. And I, there's a bunch of stuff I used to do. You feel me? Yep. Then my life changed. You know, uh, for all intents and purposes, most of my real friends are either dead or doing life. So, uh, made some major changes in my life uh, after running out of money and, uh, you know, bailing whoever I could bail out and helping whoever I could out, I was pretty much left with nothing. And I ended up having to get a regular job, which I've done before. I've been a bar manager. I've sold cars. I've sold houses, you know, but, uh, the economy was a bit different at the time. So I ended up getting a job with a name tag type thing. Okay. And I went through a couple years of that in order to get through some bills and, uh, you know, there was something about it, you know, like I was no longer choosing to get a haircut or a shave. I had to get a haircut and a shave. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I was forced to shave every day and I'm a hairy prick as you can tell. So like I would shave and by mid afternoon, I'd have my shadow back, you know, and my bosses would be like, uh, Manny, we told you to shave. And I'm like, I fucking shaved this morning. 
I got fucking video evidence. You know what I mean? So I get stubble. It is what it is. So I was like forced to shave all the fucking time. And I had to wear a uniform and I had to wear a name tag and I had to please and sir and all that shit. And going from the life that I was in previous to that to the life that I was leading at that time, I was clearly unhappy. And then circumstances caused for me to have to leave that job. And uh, in kind of a Fight Club-esque way, I walked out of there with a box and a check. Nice. <laughs> and uh, with the check that they gave me, I basically started up everything you see today. I uh, helped out with the Fight City and created Manny Montreal. And uh, I just stopped shaving. I stopped going to get my hair cut. Uh, you know, it... It's money I could put towards other things, you know. Uh, the importance of things dramatically changed for me. Yep. Right? Getting laid, don't give a fuck. <laughs> don't give a fuck. Uh, I, once, I once had four girlfriends at the same time. Uh, that's, I've, that's confusing. I've, well... Uh, fuck, I was taking steroids at the time, too. So I was just... <laughs> I was just fucking rock hard all the time, but, um, you know, I've, I've lived, okay. I've lived, I've lived uh, some crazy zany things that most people will never, ever do in their lives. So, uh, when it came down to the importance of things, you know, getting laid, looking good, uh, you know, making other people happy, started taking a real backseat to what really made me happy and what I gave a fuck about. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the beard, the hair, like Samson, man, it's a symbol of my fucking freedom, okay? Because here's the thing. When I was a kid, face tattoos were for fucking killers, okay? You didn't look at... You got on the bus and there was a dude with a teardrop on his face. You did not look at him, Yeah. okay? You just fucking looked the other way until he got off the bus. Yeah. Now today, every asshole's getting a fucking tattoo of SpongeBob on the fucking cheekbone, right? So, uh... You know, I don't have any tattoos, and uh, I wasn't going to, like, dye my hair and start getting piercings and stuff. I just, I wanted to stand out. I wanted a clear difference. I wanted, when you looked at the press table, to be, like, same, 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 different. That's you get what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I really made a point of standing out. My personality does that already for me. I'm a loud guy. I shake hands. I walk around. I talk to everybody. Everybody fucking knows me. I made a fucking point of doing that. And it's, you know, I learned that from other things in my life. But, uh, yeah, man, I stick out like a sore thumb and I fucking love it. Fucking right. I you do. I seen you on TV following Adam out the thing. I was, and there's all these, these girls and a guy, Oh, there's fucking Manny's goddamn ponytails right there. I see him. Uh, I see. I didn't. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I gotta watch it. But <sighs> you know, I find people are too disingenuous, right, with who they are. And I'm lucky enough that all the negative circumstances that happened in my life allowed me to sit, reflect, and really figure out who the fuck I am. I've never been so confident with who I am, as weird as that sounds. You would have told me this Perfect. when I was 20. I'd be looking at you like, what are you talking about? Like, I know who I am. Yeah. I did not know who I was. You get what I'm saying? 
38-year-old Manny is 100% comfortable with who he is and doesn't give a fuck <laughs> what you think. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that's what the hair and the beard is. I won't lie. I do get tempted. Oh, yeah. You know? I get tempted because it's pretty scraggly right now. You know, I do get tempted of cleaning it up a bit. Yeah. You know, so maybe I will. But if I do, it's because I'll feel like it. The hair, personally, I'm going to try and grow it so it's long enough so I can get donated. Nice. That's a good idea. I like that. Hey, look, uh, the other thing is I'm 38 and uh, most guys my age don't have all their hair. Yes. Okay. So my whole life I shaved my head or I had like a crew cut. Yeah. My whole life. I never grew my hair out. So here I am. I don't have a boss anymore. I'm in charge of myself. Uh, nobody's going to die and no one's going to get in trouble or do anything illegal. And I'm having fun. You get what I'm saying? So I I let everything go. If if I can get 12 inches out of my hair, you know, it'll be something that I never did. That's the way I look at it. You know, I never grew my hair out, so I wanted to. This is my opportunity. You know, maybe life and circumstances, maybe my dad will get sick and I will have to go get a desk job. You know yeah. what I mean? And when I do, I'll fucking chop it off, I guess. You know what I mean? But... Until then, right now, I'm still riding high on this Manny wave, so beard and hair it is. <laughs> well, you do, a, you do a great job, and I, I think half of the allure to what you do is because you grind so hard because for you to make $10 off of what you do, is it's tough. Yeah, it is. It's tough. <laughs> but, well, look, I don't get money off of YouTube views. No. You know, the truth is, I get... A little bit from sponsors, and then the majority is fans. See, I get money from sponsors. Uh, realistically, I don't do this for money. No, me neither, but, you know, I want to keep doing it is what it is. Yeah, you got to Eventually, at some point, my wife is going to barge in here after three years, and she's going to say, you either got to make money from this fucking show or you got to stop because I've got, I don't know, a couple thousand bucks maybe wrapped up in it. It's nothing crazy. No, no, well, listen, me neither, but if you if you magically got 10 grand tomorrow that you could spend, you and me both know there'd be a few little upgrades. Oh, yeah. I would go out and buy a better camera right away. So there you go. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But I take pride in the in the, in the in what was the Spice of Life podcast and now has transformed into my own show. But uh Episode 35, I believe, we first had Adam Braidwood on the show. Okay. And then it branched into him coming on once a week from episode 38 and on. So I take a lot of pride in uh, in what he's been able to accomplish over the last year and a half too, myself, because it's been a lot of work. And uh, so, so kudos to him. Uh, kudos to Simon Keen, who came out and fought a, uh, an excellent fight. And um, let's wrap this fucking thing up, Manny. We're getting all weird on this now. <laughs> you know what the thing is, dude? Here's it's my one strong point is my one major negative point. I can talk for days. I know you can. That's why I like it when you come on. <laughs> <laughs> Look, bottom line is this, people: if you're writing Adam Braywood off, good for you. Don't ever fucking come back. Yes. And a year, a year and a half from now, 
you and me will be laughing at all of them. For those of you that stick around with the boogeyman, the best is yet to come. And uh, that's all I can say about that. All right, let's wrap this fucking thing up then. Guys, I didn't do sponsors at the beginning of the show, but Buds and Leaves, go over and get yourself a Buddha stick. I know Manny's smoking something over there. Probably helps you out with inflammation and pain. But you can go over to www.budsandleaves.com and you guys can purchase that same stuff that Manny has or a Buddha stick. It's a CBD. You can get the CBD capsules too from, from Buds and Leaves or you can get the Smile Spray. Which you can get this in uh, THC and CBD. We're also brought to you by Monster Headphones. They're the best headphones in the business. Go over to www.monsterstore.com and get yourself a pair of Monster Headphones. I recommend the iSport uh, earbuds because they're waterproof. If you like to go to the gym, like myself, I don't know if Manny goes anymore. Probably not. Yeah, I think he's too busy fucking taking pictures and doing crazy boxing shit on the internet and doing YouTube videos. But, uh, yeah, you can sweat in them and they don't blow the blow the speakers out of them. We're also brought to you by... Shit. Box runner shoes. Sorry, I used mine the other day in a sparathon. I did 12 rounds, so they're a little wet. But uh, www.boxrunnershoes.com. Get yourself a pair of box runner shoes. They're the best boxing shoes in the business. They're lightweight, breathable. And you can train with them outside. Some of those CrossFit fuckers, they like to use those too. I'm not into that CrossFit stuff, but uh, hey, if they're using the shoes, good on them. Manny, where can the people help you out and get your ass over to New Zealand if we got to get you there? Dude, New Zealand, Atlantic City, and Las Vegas. <laughs> That's on the wish list right now, okay? Las Vegas for Eve Ulysses, Atlantic City for Elodor Alvarez, and New Zealand for Shaquille Finn. Guys, Patreon, Manny MTL. PayPal, Manny Montreal, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, thefightcity.com. You can find me everywhere. And that's the final shot.